Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to this episode of Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by fellow consultant, Liana Sangster. Hey, Liana. Hi, Dom. What's been going on lately? Oh, a bit of blog writing. Bit of blog bit writing. Bit of culture work. Nice. <laughs> what have you been writing blogs on? Funny you should ask. My most recent blog was on values and culture and whether yours are working together or not. I love it. And although that sounded completely set up, it actually wasn't. I, I actually surprised <laughs> you with that one. Um, but it worked well, so so let's run with it. Yeah, so values. So this is one of these things that all organizations have values nowadays. They, they publish them on the website. They put them in the coffee room wall and Yeah, stuff. a lot of marketing dollars, aren't they? Like on the, on the gear. A lot of marketing dollars. So what do you reckon? Are they valuable? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have recently become a father, so I'm allowed to make dad jokes now. Um, <laughs> so are they valuable? Like what, what use are they? Are they useful? And then how... You know, I guess where's the crossover with culture mm. between them? So what do you reckon? Well, I mean, I suppose if I think about when executive teams, leaders, organizations, whoever sets the values, usually it is the exec team really, isn't it? When they're getting together, they're uh-huh. determining what behaviors or what values are important to us that we want people to live by when they come into our building every day. Uh-huh. You know, what what do we want to espouse as the way that we we expect you to behave? Uh-huh. And that's, I feel like that is the ultimate purpose of the values that, they're chosen based on not only how they want people to behave, but what's essential for them, for their brand, for what they need to achieve yeah. now and in the future. And so they're made with a lot of, they are set, I suppose, with a lot of ambition mm. around what they're going to achieve. Mm. What I hear, though, is you're saying this is what we want, but I th- and I think a lot of organizations think because we've set those values, that is our culture. Mm. These are our values. Go forth. Go forth. And be honest with each other. Yeah. Collaborate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Innovate. Let it it be so. (laughs) The poster is now on the wall. Yep. We are now innovative. And people often say that though, right? They confuse it that just because we've stated them means we are living them. Yeah. Right? And, And that may or may not be true. They are. They can be ultimately aspirational, you know, like they're aspirational, but they I guess what I'm noticing is different organizations that we work with is that a, a lot of them are aspirational, but maybe not be, they may not be necessarily encouraged in the way that the organization is structured, which is to your question earlier, how do values and culture align? Yeah. And so it's interesting because I think, yeah, too often, in my opinion, organizations say, you know, these are our values. This is how we work, which often from our experience isn't true. Right? It's not how they actually work. Mm. It's how they want to work. And that's awesome. We should, we should be clear on what we want. Mm. But we should also be clear of whether we're there yet or not. You know, like we want everyone to collaborate Definitely. and stuff. But are, are we there yet? And if we're not, well, here's the stuff we're doing to oh, get there. Totally. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that what happens at that top level is this really strong intention. Mm. And this is what we believe is valuable. And then somehow as you make your way through the organization, you get people going, oh, that's, that's BS. Right. You know, you're telling us that you want us to be innovative and mm. yet you make us 
fill out a million forms just to approve a twenty dollar purchase for a uh-huh. I don't know a new desktop mouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever or, it is, though, I get you. Know, you. But, you know, you hear that this is actually one of the most common stories that I hear from clients is there's a level of frustration around being told or feeling like they're being told to be something, and then having all of what feels like for them these roadblocks or mixed messages around uh-huh. what exactly you know you're telling me to do versus how the system's encouraging me or there's a mixed mismatch there. Yeah, so use your initiative and start new things. Be an entrepreneur. That's kind of the new one. That's, oh, is that the new one? That's a new that value is like around be an being, entrepreneur. An, being entrepreneurial. Fascinating. But make sure you get sign off. Yes. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. And if you um, make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So look, you know, I think it's great to have values and to be clear on what you want, you know? And so we, hmm. we would do similar things with organizations around what's the ideal culture you want to have, which really should be aligned with those values, uh, well, right? That, if that's your aspiration. Your ideal culture is when you map it, the four constructive styles, you can often find a home for most of the values that exist. Mm. So yeah, you should have a, a preferred future state. Mm. Like you said, let's be clear Let's A, be clear if, if it's aspirational, if we're not there yet, so that we don't create this sense of hypocrisy yeah. or frustration or, yeah. you know, and then also, so be clear about it being an aspiration and then, and then make a commitment to finding a way to encourage the actual behavior. Yeah, that's right. Because there's nothing that kills the values faster than saying that they're lived and real and then it, people in the organization are like, uh, that is not true at all. Totally. <laughs> I, I actually think that there is a real risk there around trust Mm. because people feel like their leaders are not necessarily connected to Mm. what the actual experience is. Mm. And I think it's a tough gig for leaders because they want to be aspirational. They want to point the pathway forward. They want to envision, Mm. create that excitement Mm. around where we want to be. And it's definitely a fine balance. Mm. But there's a risk if we say it's what we are. Mm. And the thing I've seen work well, I don't know if you're going to pick up on this, but with companies around defining values and culture for that matter is what does it actually look like, right? Like what does that value look like in action? Because mm. sometimes they're so high level mm. that it's like, yeah, we want integrity or something. Sure, oh, of definitely. course we do. Of course we do. But what does that look like in my job? And what does it look like when we're falling short perhaps? Mm-hmm. 100%. The innovation one is the one that I'm, it's the first front of mind for me because mm. I'd been working with an organization in the government sector. Mm. And they kind of came out and launched as part of their new values some time ago that we want to be innovative. Right. And it's very difficult for a system that has been told how to do things, what process to use, and people who have been in that system for such a long period of time to then ask to be innovative Mm. and they actually don't know what the behavior is. Mm. And to be honest, I don't know what the behavior is either for that organization. They need Mm. to determine what they mean by Mm. innovation. Mm. So does it mean that when we are, so translating into a behavior, when we're in, when we're looking at problem solving, are we exploring alternatives? Is that what we mean Mm. by innovative? Mm. Or do we set up an innovation hub where we look at new ways of doing things? I don't know, but I think mm. that from a behavioural point of view, you absolutely need to flesh it out. Otherwise, mm. how do people know how to live it? Mm. And so what do you do, Liana? Say, you know, you're talking to an organisation, they've got a set of values, and it's like, is it aspirational? Is it actual? Mm. Like, where, where do you go with aligning it with culture? Like, how, how do you do that? Good question. I think like anything, there's got to be a, 
current acknowledgement, like a current state awareness. So we know what we either think we are or what we want to be, what we want to be encouraging, values. We're clear on that. We're clear that we, we need integrity and innovation, whatever that is. It's perfectly fine to be to have that clear. I think that there is, there's probably a few things, but really you've got to know what your current state is in order to know whether or where to put your effort and energy. Mm. So I'd say that you need a benchmark. Well, this is what we want. What is it that we are actually currently encouraging from a behavioral point of view? And is there a gap there? which is ultimately your ideal versus your actual culture. culture. Mm. But I suppose there's, there's other things. There isn't there. I mean, there's getting people to realize why values exist and why they could be helpful to you because ultimately they're supposed to be there to help you navigate situations. I need practical for me personally, and I think everyone benefits from having practical. You know, Why is it helpful for me to work for an organization that encourages authenticity? Mm. Well, it means that if that's a value, then in a given moment where I'm being asked for my point of view. So in the spirit of being authentic, you can take a risk or something. You can, you can use the values. Yeah, use the values practically to navigate situations. Mm. That I think is Okay, the from point. the top. Okay. Go from the top. <laughs> from where, where are we starting? So, so you can use the values. So I guess another reason for defining them is so that you can use them to navigate situations. Mm. So if I'm in a meeting we encourage authenticity, it means that in those moments, if I'm jostling with whether to put my opinion forward or not, perhaps if I've got those values front of mind, I might just be you know, encouraged to push that little bit further and share a left of center idea. And this is a very basic example of how you could, how you might make it practical for people and why mm. they exist. Mm. And so what do you do? You know, we've got a gap. Mm. Like, how do you address that gap? Okay, big questions. Yeah. Big questions. Oh, I'm asking the big ones today. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> How do you address the gap? I mean, I, I think that it's, as I said, understanding the benchmark of where we, where we are, where we want to be, and then rallying people around what the the future holds. What's the my motivation for change or for creating these behaviors in real life? And it's similar to culture change. It's how mm. do you create the systems, the processes, the role modeling that encourages more of the behavior you want and less of the behavior you don't want. Mm. And it's very simple. They're the causal factors in culture. Yeah. So really it's understanding which levers to pull and start pulling them. Yeah. Simple so, as that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> easy. Summed it up. Yep. But it is simple as that. I mean, it's okay. Well, if these are the values we want, how are we actually reinforcing that through the things we say? And so the values on the wall, you know, I was, I was making fun of the poster of the values or whatever, but that is one way of communicating what's important to us. Yeah, that's it's, important. It's a symbol and it's an explicit indication of the type of culture we want. Hmm. So this is what is important to us. So there's nothing wrong with that. And then it's reinforcing it though through through all the things. So if we say we want innovation, mm -hmm. then the other things, you know, that you don't need to get a million sign-offs or something, or you don't Yeah, need. let's find a way to, so yeah. If, so yeah. how do we empower people? How do we if you want to bring give you autonomy? More, to put ideas up, how do we um, remove some of those barriers that might make them feel like it's too hard or perhaps there's a perception that it won't be listened to or I think one of the really common ones around collaboration because it's such a popular value. Mm. And I kind of have the view on this that, you know, if it's not what you want to encourage, then just simply remove it as a value. Like, because if we really just want to push individual effort, and what you often see is we talk about collaboration, but individuals, what can happen in practice is say, I don't know, you get your, your high performers that are able to bring in the big dollars and maybe they're able to do it, throw their mates under the bus or 
Yeah. They don't do it in a way that is bringing people with them and they get visibly promoted or pushed up the, the oh. line. Yep. For example, it's, again, it's an extreme example or when you have people being rewarded on individual contribution only. Oh. If that's the course you want to take, that's fine, but don't list collaboration as a, a value if that's the case. Oh. But you might then look at, well, how are we rewarding teamwork oh. as a way to give people motivation oh. towards doing that? Yeah, I think it's a good point. I feel like a lot of organizations feel like they're supposed to have collaboration as yeah. a value and they're supposed to have all sorts of things. And look, collaboration's great, but if you don't genuinely believe it or really want it because actually it works pretty well having star performers or something, then, yeah. then at least just be straight up about it, I think, you know, be clear. Yes, exactly. And collaboration's one of those funny things as well because I kind of, again, I think it's one of those lofty values that sort of, mm. what do we actually mean by this? Do we, do we mean that when, you know, such and such from marketing calls you up and says, look, we really need your help on X, Y, and Z to get this out to our customer. Help me out. Uh. You know, are you willing to say, no, it's, are you going to say it's not my problem uh. because it doesn't sit within your division and your particular measures of success? Uh. Or are you willing to say, actually, that's critical to our customer uh. and I'm going to support you on that? Uh. And so I think there's, again, it's about breaking it down to what we mean and what's going to be a critical behavior that we want to encourage. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I always think of collaboration like, you know, if you were the owner or saying like, what's in the ultimate interest of the organization as a whole, mm. right? Because ultimately we're all on the same team, although we start breaking each other down into sub teams and so on, mm. which is weird, right? But actually, you know, be like on a sports team, being like, wow, you know, the Fords and the Backs, we're two separate teams and we're just going to look after our numbers as the Backs or something, forget the Fords. doesn't make sense because you don't win the game, right? right? So, so it doesn't matter if you've got the best numbers of... Uh, if the team's not winning. Except that if you are, mo if you hit your targets and you are rewarded for it uh, anyway uh, and promoted. Uh. Oh, I, isn't yeah. It, like That's why a, people do it, yeah. But you're, we're not looking at the ultimate metric, are we? You know, like what's it's the, the… What's the overall mission? Yeah, right? what is our, yeah, what is our collective reason to be here? Mm. And how do we all contribute to that? Mm. So what do you reckon? Values, keep them or dump them? Oh, <laughs> keep them. Yeah. Keep them. It's quite, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for having a shared way of being. Yeah. But to be honest, I think that your culture is more important at the end run because every time I talk to individuals about what their values are, a lot of them have to Google them on their website. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like, name them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. And like the marketing or the HR team might be able to. And so I think they need to be a principal, definitely. People will do what is normal around mm. them, oh. what is encouraged around them. And so you have them and then you use them as a basis to build how are we going to really make this the norm of how mm. people operate with each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a tool to be used as part of culture mm. values, right? It's great to have explicit things that we're aiming for and use it as a way to reinforce the message constantly because yeah. we can have it on all sorts of things, our values refer to them and stuff, which is good because it makes it, it creates a shared language and stuff, you know. So, so I think it's good. But I think back to our very first point was be real if they're, if they're lived or if they're aspirational. Yeah. Be real. Be honest about it. I think people appreciate the fallibility mm. and some levels of not having it all ironed out and perfect, but having a clear plan in place for how you want to address things. Love it. 
So mm. when's the next uh, blog coming out? Oh, pressure's on. <laughs> I've been tinkering away actually on yeah. on a blog about dichotomous thinking because I'm finding mm. it very I'm finding I go through phases where I work with a lot of clients and something emerges as a pattern and one of the things that's emerging is dichotomous thinking, which you like to think about it as a black and white, right and wrong type of approach to seeing the world. You know what book I'm going to recommend you, don't you? Extreme Ownership. The sequel to Extreme Ownership, which is The Dichotomy of Leadership. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Worth a, worth a. So I'm to the audience, I'm joking about that because I always bang on about Loves this it. book called Extreme Ownership, which I, <laughs> which I love. So I recommend it to everyone. So there you go. I'll buy you a copy of uh, Thank you. The Dichotomy of Leadership. Yeah. Sounds great. There you go. And uh, listeners out there, you can check it out too. <laughs> it's good. Follow on from Extreme Ownership. So there you go. Anyway, we've probably exhausted the um, values topic, but yeah, look, they're, they're valuable, but use them for what they are. Yeah. And look, if you think there is an opportunity to to rally your people around your values and your culture, we love that work, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> we love it. So um, get in touch. Yeah. Thanks, Liana. Thanks, Dom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.